Miami has I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. What, 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 what? How could you not predict at least 10 to 13 wins for next season is all I'm saying. But Jesus again, Christ, 13 wins. I listen. You, I, know, I said, you want an opportunity to play, and the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. I just, I'm sorry. I just remember that you compared Kiseki to Kelsey. I'm sorry. I did not. You know what? About it, I am ready to get hurt again. And another week, sir, of not hurting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 10 of the Battered Fins Fans podcast. I am your host, the Bearded Fanatic. This is my co-host, the Battered Jets fan, Danny G. Danny, how are you feeling today? I'm pretty good this week. I'm pretty good. Better than last week, that's for sure. For sure. We're not going to get into why you're happy. It doesn't really matter, sir. <laughs> but I come off another three straight victories again to start the season. Three up, three down, three up again. But let me tell you, that's not just all I'm excited about. I'm excited about our special guest that we have today because when I joined Twitterverse many moons ago, I didn't expect to find somebody as in love with the Dolphins as I am. You know, like if I could tattoo every single Dolphin emblem all over my body, I probably would. You've but tried. Yeah. This person, definitely biggest Dolphin fan of the year, uh, biggest Dolphin fan ever to the as far as the ones that I've ran into. And um, we had Big E on the show. Big E's another big Dolphin fan. And um, I'm going to say this. You got 1A and 1B. We got 1A on the show joining us today. And we're going to welcome Dolph Freaky to the show. Dolph Freaky, welcome to the Battered Fins Fan Podcast. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Yeah. L- listen, when it was a long time coming that eventually I was going to be like, I'm going to try to get her on the show. You're, <laughs> you're, you're a superstar. And, you know, you, you obviously know that. But the one thing about you is, and the one thing that I find most special is not just you're a Dolphins fan. It's how many things you're involved in, whether it's with pet shelters, whether it's hurricane relief, whether it's cancer challenges, and you're being a captain of that and getting donations together for that. Dolph, you're a mom, you're a wife. You're the biggest Dolphin fan almost ever. <laughs> How do you find so much time in the day to be able to spread yourself? Oh, and by the way, you're a working woman as well. How do you find so much time in the day to get all these things into your life? You know, it's just funny because, like, I think I'm sort of a psychopath <laughs> in the fact that, like, I'm this obsessed and this ingrained in, like, the Dolphins now. Um, I don't think I'm the you know, the greatest fan ever, you know, I haven't been going to games like my whole life, like a lot of people have, you know, with like 400 games under their belt, you know, I'm still young, you know, and so, um, you know, I think like with me, like I just as I got like started in like the fandom and everything and started like falling in love with the team and the fans and everything, I just like wanted to do more and more. And then I just started to see the opportunities. So like, yeah, you can be a fan club leader, I run Southwest Florida Dolphin Club with my wonderful admin team. And um, like we just we have so much fun. We have watch parties and we do a beach bash every year. And it's things like that, you know, like like helping people have a good time, bringing people into the fold so they can help, you know, find other Dolphin fans to connect with. And, you know, just making sure that everybody is like able to, you know, see a game. They don't have to watch the game at home. You know, you can can come and have a good time with your your fellow fans. So, um, you know, that was one of the first things that I really started getting involved with was the fan clubs and helping people find fan clubs and things like that. And then, um, yeah, like I just got involved in a lot of the charity work because naturally when you're running clubs, you know, you are 
doing charity work. Right. Um, and also, you know, just kind of, I learned a lot from like the other fans and the, the big super fans and what they do. And, you know, they've shown me a lot over the years that it's not just about being on TV or, you know, having the, the most merchandise or having the best game day outfits, but it's about, you know, what you do for your community and how you, sure. you know, kind of, you know, make, um, make a difference for people. And so, you know, that's why I do what I do. And I just, I love it. So I, I make the time, you know, with, with things like a lot of people say, Oh, I don't have the time. I don't have the time, but if you love it and you get fulfillment from it, you do make the time for it. That's awesome. Because that's exactly what I've shared with Danny that that's why I'm one of your biggest fans is for the simple fact that you don't make excuses. Like I follow you on IG. I follow you on Twitter. You have your hands almost in every single possible pie. You could possibly put your hands into and another thing is and danny probably doesn't know this the, the name doll freaky if i'm not mistaken and you could clarify on this that was your rap name if i'm not mistaken <laughs> yes that so this stems back to like 2009 um direct tv had the ultimate displaced fan contest and i i grew up in pennsylvania and so like i had a room like very very much um, dumbed down compared to this because this has grown tremendously over the years as I've collected things and whatnot. Um, but I had a little basic dolphin room and I did a rap song. <laughs> I changed the words to Will Smith's Miami to be about the dolphins. And I just kind of did like a little <laughs> digital camera video for this contest. And of course you had to write an essay too and explain why, you know, you're the best um, fan basically living yeah. outside of where your team is. Um, and so I got an honorable mention for that contest and that just kind of, you know, that the name <laughs> was doll freaky finizzle. And I was just trying to be funny, you know, <laughs> just trying to be like corny. But then as I moved down here right. and I got season tickets and started attending the games regularly, regularly, it was just like, it just stuck. And like people started knowing me as doll freaky. Like, like there's some people who just don't even know my real name. Right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's just something that stuck and the fans liked it for some reason. I, I know that I know Danny wants to sneak one in there before I, I before I let you in. We got to talk about the biggest one as somebody. And I'm sure that he's been um, a big, a great person to lean on. Um, but being nominated one and then ultimately winning. Um, and, I, and I know you're going to the Super Bowl this year, but kind of like lean into that a little bit. What's been your relationship with Big E? And then ultimately, how did it feel? And I saw the pictures. You could definitely saw how much emotion was in your body at that moment. But yeah. how has it felt leaning on Big E as, as a previous winner and now you ultimately being fan of the year? Yeah. So, I mean, this contest is only in its third year. So, you know, it's very new. And I am also very new to Twitter. I've only been on Twitter for about two years. And it was another podcaster, Reason, from Finside the NFL, who he was my first podcast ever, actually. Yeah. Um, and I was so nervous, you know, like it was just like I, now, like podcasting's like whatever. Um, but he was like, you, if you're like into sports and like the way that you are, you need to be on Twitter. And sure. I'm like, okay, okay. So then I noticed Big E and, you know, around that time was when he had won a fan of the year. And I was, you know, taking like, I was observing what he was doing and how he was always positive, always kind. You know, he always um, responded to every tweet. He was retweeting to help people. Especially you know, just the being. way that he was, I was like, he is awesome. Like, I need to know him. And so then we've become such good friends um, over the last couple years. And the same thing with Mark Angelo, last year's winner. Mark Angelo, I actually credit with like 
being one of the people who brought me into the fold as for like being a new fan and uh, you know people didn't know me yet and he was hosting fan club weekend and yeah. you know the tailgate and like he introduced me to a lot of people that I know now. And so, you know, it's people like that that are are doing things on social media and in real life and hosting events and doing things for the fans that really made kind of an impression on me. Um, and so, yeah, like it's been great to see how different fans behave. You know, you have sure. all different people in the community doing all different great things. And so I just try to take a little bit, you know, from everybody and, learn from their successes and failures. Well, I will tell you that one thing that Danny and I discussed previously, I think it was last week, Danny, right before we got recording, that I said, you, Biggie, Mark Angelo, obviously, my bad for missing, and you, big, big buddy, I know that you're also a huge Dolphins fan. What he said, his ultimate goal, obviously, I have this ultimate goal for myself as well, but it, it was nice hearing it from him as well, is to eventually be on that same level as you guys, not just because it, to be recognized, but to be as important to the fan base as you guys are, because you guys ultimately do so much. But I'll switch gears for one moment because this could guy, be nice. this guy was this guy was curious about one thing, and and I'll let you lead. Tell him, Danny, go ahead and ask her 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 love for the Rangers. Well, I have I have two questions because yeah, I'm a big Rangers fan, so I, I was curious because yes. I feel like you're a Rangers fan, <laughs> but I didn't know that you just said that you're from Pennsylvania, and in yeah. 2009 you recorded that. So now I have two questions. One, the Rangers, and two, how did you become a Dolphins fan from living in Pennsylvania? It's kind of simple. My dad, you know, my dad was a diehard Dolphin fan growing okay. up because the Dolphins were good at the time. You know, all the yeah, kids that's... were Dolphin fans at that time. Um, and so, yeah, like he just, we, raised, we were raised in Got Pennsylvania it. just growing up watching the Dolphins. And the Rangers, so my dad is like even more into hockey than he is into football. And he's even played hockey, not professionally, but, um, you know, he's played and like we grew up going to his games and then, you know, going to the Rangers. And because we were in Pennsylvania, it was super close, you know, to New York. And we used to go into the city for you know, games at Madison Square Garden and stuff. And so, right, right. yeah, like it just, um, that's just how okay. it ended up. And then like, I'm all over the place as far as my sports teams. Like I'm a Phillies fan. I'm a Sixers fan. But like, I just don't. And being as ingrained <laughs> into the Dolphins as I am, I don't have a lot of time for other sports. So, you know, I am primarily football, and then hockey takes my my second seat. <laughs> Mind you, Did you drive up to Tampa last year. Yes, yes, I went to the game in Tampa um, during the playoffs, and then the I think I went to three did. games last year. So, whenever the Rangers come to Florida, then I make that a point. <laughs> I have Same never here. been to a hockey game, and I definitely—that's definitely my bucket list. I've never been to a hockey game, and everybody tells me it's literally the next exciting thing to football. It is. It's it's totally different and it's um you know it's very like uh nerve-wracking <laughs> I would say. It is. It is. Yeah, and like the the Rangers in the playoff run that they went on last year like was super intense like just yeah. I was out of my mind like every single game. So, yeah, it's very exciting. You need to go. Well, I, I appreciate the fact that that's the only thing you have in common with this damn Jets fan that I ha that I co-host <laughs> this show with. But ultimately what you're here for is to talk some football and we're going to recap victory at soldier field. And you had the, I, I had every intention to be at this game, but unfortunately family things have happened over the last few months that, you know, I've had to stretch myself a little thin, thinner than I usually do, but I did want to be at that game. It was awesome to know that you, Ashley, you were at this game, being able to watch it in person. And we're going to hit it, hit on a few key notes and Dolph, but ultimately I guess before we get into all the subtopics here, 
how was the environment at Soldier Field? Did we have a huge fan base there the way we have kind of like MetLife takeovers and stuff like that? I don't think it was the same presence as MetLife takeover. Um, but I would say that the Dolphins fans were spread pretty evenly throughout. Like in my section, I had probably more Dolphins fans than Bears fans in my area. Nice. But as you kind of look out, you know, it's kind of hard to tell because we share the same color of orange. So like sometimes you can't fully tell unless right. they're wearing, you know, the aqua color. But um, I would uh, towards the end of the game when we really like started to. <laughs> <laughs> but we were struggling a little bit, you know, like and we started to get really, really loud on defense. And I think it made For a sure. difference in the game at the end. <laughs> awesome. And, and let's get into some of those keynotes because for me, um, and we're not going to poo-poo on anybody, but one of the biggest letdowns for me this offseason because I had such high, such high hopes for him was um, Edmonds coming over here to Miami. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it was ever a scheme thing that it just didn't fit for him. But, you know, ever going back to the Bengals game where he had that big drop in the back of the end zone, a couple more, not being able to average a lot running out of the backfield. And Raheem Mostert's done a great job, so no mm. knock to him. We didn't really need another running back. Right. But, but what a difference the trade for Jeff Folson was. What an impact he made right away. What was your take on how Jeff Folson's day went? Yeah, I was um, actually surprised, you know, having less than a week to really prepare with the team and get used to the system and then, you know, to come out and be productive. That was a pleasant surprise for me. And it is, you know, definitely such a compliment to have him with Mostert and have the two, you know, the tandem um, that just makes the run game even better. So, you know, I think in general, you know, the, the, um, the deal that they worked out, you know, it, it is to our benefit. So I know, you know, Edmonds, we were excited, but you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And luckily they switched sure. it up quick before, you know, before it's too late. So I'm happy. Yep. Danny, give me your two takes because Jeff, Jeff Wilson, like I said, nine carries, 51 yards out of the backfield. Also caught, caught that big touchdown pass as well. I know you were texting me about Bradley Chubb. Is Bradley Chubb even playing? He was in the game. He was on yeah. a snap count. But ultimately, how do you feel about those two additions to the team? Well, Wilson almost averaged six yards a carry. So yep. I, he was a lot more productive than I thought he would be. So and that that touchdown I don't think your your Dolphin fans gave him enough credit for getting into the end zone there because it was like third and seven, third and eight. If you guys don't score there or don't get that first down, you guys take a field goal and you go up by six instead of by ten, and that makes that was a big difference because the Bears were just or Fields was basically just running all over you guys. I like that. So I think that he didn't get enough credit for that touchdown, and I I was surprised. Now Bradley Chubb. And I, I wasn't joking when I texted you that. That was a legitimate I question. I, I was like, is he playing? Because I didn't notice him on the field at all. And he was, he's wearing number one two. One tackle. <laughs> yeah, he was primarily yeah, he was primarily being used on third downs. He was on a snap count. It was talked about through with the commentators. But you know what again, go back and you watch the game, especially from the all twenty two view. He had some pressures. He wasn't just in field phase. Yes. And a lot of the times that he was running for his life, I don't say running for his life. The guy had 15 carries, 178 yards. But it, every time he had to escape the pocket was the presence of being brought by Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips off of those edges. And this week coming up against Jacoby Brissett, he should get home a lot more. You're yeah. not playing against Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a maniac with his legs. So if Bradley Chubb looks like he did last week, 
then maybe I'd be like, you know, what's going on with Bradley Chubb? But it's only it's only week one. Right. He, just yeah, got he had less than a week to prepare. Like, exactly. think right. about it. He was just signed on what? Like, so did Monday Wilson. Oh. Yeah, no, of course. No. And you know all the things yeah. that go into like getting into it. Like, you're, you know, you're doing physicals and you have this and that going right. on. And then you're not really like fully preparing with the team that entire week. So to come into it. And I know. You know, when something when a new player comes on, everybody expects like immediate success. And that's For just sure. not realistic. Like if anybody who starts a brand new job and you are getting used to the other players, you're getting used to the schemes, it's gonna take time. So we just have to be patient with Unless you're Tom Brady <laughs> that won a Super Bowl his first year on the team. Right. But Danny, not the same, by the way, before we move on to another great topic that I'm ready to talk about. Um, it's not the same. Bradley Chubb is coming into a new defense that he didn't run in Denver. Jeff Wilson did run the same exact offense in San Francisco. Well, and that's why when we were talking about it last week, when we when you got Jeff Wilson, we're like, we don't we're not sure who he is, but that's Mike McDaniels was just with him last year. Yeah. So if he's bringing him over, he knows him well, and that's gonna get rolling really quickly. So we were on the same page on that. And the Bradley Chubb I'm just joking around. Like yeah, it was, I know. One, it was I know. against Justin Fields. Like it, it, you can't, but next week I do expect them to make a difference. All right, well, let's talk about this next topic. And it's kind of a hot topic, but I had to bring it up because it has been talked about via Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you look. Tua's in the uh, MVP talks. I, I knew you were going to do that. Tua's in the VP, <laughs> and I'm going to and I'm gonna come to you first. Tua is in the MVP talks. And one thing that you brought up, you brought it up, was that Tua's basically undefeated this season for any game he's finished. Mm-hmm. So a lot of haters out there, Keyshawn Johnson being one of those big ones that, that now is turning around, Skip Bayless, He's still a hater, but he literally hates everybody. <laughs> but I honestly, and I, I'm not going to give my two cents. I'm going to come to you first. When you hear Tua Tunga Vailoa is in MVP talks, what's your first stop? I think it's, it's a valid argument. Like, literally undefeated. If Chase Edmonds catches that ball in the back of the end zone, he leaves the game with the lead. Like, he is undefeated as a starter, as much as I hate to admit it. Like he he's playing like an MVP. If it wasn't for Jalen Hurts, who who else would you consider MVP over Tua? Josh Allen, I, I suppose, but he's lost now to the yep. Dolphins and to the Jets. Yep. Um, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that I would consider. I think it's Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is having a pretty decent season, but I, not, for me, nah, my test, Mahomes. right, but I'm saying people are like, oh, well, he's going to have an offseason because he lost Tyreek Hill. He's still doing a pretty damn bang-up job of not course. having Tyreek Hill. So I have a question for you. Go. MVP, Tua or Tyreek Hill? Tua. Really? Yeah. Not. I don't know. You know what? I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, but – He's opening up the field for other players. Shurfield got a bunch of catches because he was wide open because he's Tyreek Hill is taking the entire defense with him. You you said it first. He was a great distraction, but here's why I said two and why I said it so um concrete. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, what how different was his team when Tua wasn't playing? When Tyreek Hill, he was still being productive, but he wasn't mm-hmm. winning the game. Tua is winning these games for you. And yes. Tyreek Hill is a great distraction that even when he's not getting the ball, Tua is still making the rest of the – Jalen Waddle's looking really good. Like you said, Trent Sherfield is looking really good. Even Seldrick Wilson made an appearance last week after many weeks of not being on the field. But you know what? This transitions perfectly into Ali. Ali, when you heard our boy Tua is in the MVP talks, and if you had to pick between Tua or Cheetah, who's your MVP, how do you feel and what would be your pick? Totally valid point because, like you said, when Tua wasn't in the game – 
we weren't winning. So, yeah, I definitely think, you know, Tua is definitely up for the MVP spot. You know, it's, it just sucks that we had those three games where he wasn't there, you know? Like, what would we look like right now? Potentially <laughs> then, undefeated, right? Yeah, we could. I really firmly believe we would be undefeated right now. And, you know, to be going up against the Eagles, like, I'm from Philadelphia, so that's, like, my ideal situation for a Super Bowl right now. But, yeah, definitely, I mean, if you look at Tua's numbers, the stats don't lie, and especially his lack of picks, like, that is, to me, that's, like, that goes to show, you know, how he's matured as a player over the years and how he's, you know, he's confident, he's accurate, he's getting it done. And, yeah, of course, I mean, (laughs) Tyreek, when you see him running down the field and the ball is in the air, you just have this confidence and you know that he's coming down with it. Like that's a, that's a comfort that we haven't had as Dolphins fans in a long time with any player. So, you know, obviously I have so, so much love for Tyreek and I actually always have. Um, And, you know, to see this happening with the Dolphins now, it's so exciting. So So. if you had to pick before Danny jumps in here, Tua or Tyreek, Tua is definitely your MVP. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, then I love to debate because I'm going to give Tyreek Hill his props. Give it to me. Two things. One, how many PIs has he gotten when going deep? Oh, he he's got, got one in a, the end zone. He's got in a few. Mm-hmm. He's got in a few. Tua goes deep, and it's either going to be a reception or a penalty. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yep. <laughs> and then that three-game losing streak, I know Dolphin fans have convinced themselves that they would have won all three of those games. I get it. I like but it. They, but Tua was losing when he left the game. Yes or no? He was, but he's also he was also losing against the Ravens. How did that turn out? Yeah, and we are a second-half team. We okay. just never got to see that. That's true. But Go ahead, Jeff. Man. The, the the other two games that you guys lost was against the Vikings, which are seven and one. Yeah. So they're no pushover. They're not. And the Jet the Jets who made Josh Allen look horrible. So I understand that you guys probably would have looked better with Tua, but there's sure. no guarantee. But there's Tyreek not. Hill, no guarantee. But no, and, and and I'm not saying that 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 you guys would have won or lost. It could have yeah. gone either way. But right. I think that Tyreek Hill has made this offense look as good as it has because he brings so much attention. Because he brings, he causes so many penalties, and because he opens up the field for players like Sherfield and, and like you said, Cedric Wilson got into it this week. Yeah, like, I think Tyree Kill is the most important person on that team. I think if you remove Tyree Kill, Tua, although he's still effective because he's still accurate and he's still playing well, I don't think he's as effective. I think Tua, at least the Dolphin MVP, I think it's Tua. Tyreek, I'm sorry. No, no, you said it right. You said it was Tua. You said it right. That, yeah. that was definitely the right. And I agree with you. Listen, me and Ali aren't knocking Cheetah. By no means oh, are we no. knocking Cheetah. We know how amazing he is. And we, we get the fact that Jalen Waddle is going to have a much better season because Tyreek, I mean, Tyreek's on this team. Trent Sherfield, Cedric Wilson, the list goes on and on of how many other players are going to get their bags because of how important the Cheetah is to this team. But one thing that Danny loves talking about, Ali, and I'm going to come to you first. Yes, we won three in a row, and we won three in a row at the beginning of the season before Tua went down. But can we sustain our winning ways oh. the way our defense is playing? <laughs> now, granted, if you've listened to any other episodes, anybody listening, Ali, if you haven't gotten a chance, I've been a fan of this defense for my model all season has been, yes, we bend a whole lot, but we definitely don't break. And when we need to show up, we, we do show up. up. So statistically, I get it. We're at the bottom of the league in a lot of different stats, but it's going to get tricky here later in the season as far as potential playoffs and people who we play in these playoffs. So my question to you with about still a good chunk of the season left, can we sustain? I get it. We have the offense to keep up with other teams, 
But if we ever run into a, into a scenario where our offense is not putting up the type of effectiveness, so usually can we continue our can we sustain these victories the way our defense is playing? Heaven forbid if something happens to the offense, you know, something happens to Tyreek or Waddle or Tua, you know, we're doomed. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said it. Remember me. Because, you know, it's great, you know, that to have the offense have the success that they have and like it allows the defense to lack a little bit because we know, you know, even if we allow the other team to score, we will also score. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's right. like these back and forth, like continual back and forth games that we're having. So I am very concerned about the defense and I know that it's a focus for coach and I know they're working on it. And, you know, just with the introduction of Chubb and everything, it goes to show that they are aware of you know, for the sure. issues, but I'm so disheartened by the lack of pass rush. I'm like, freaking let me out there right now. Cause I'm going <laughs> to rush this freaking guy. <laughs> like there's just nothing happening there. Nothing. They're having all the time in the world. Why is field scrambling for almost 200 yards? Are you kidding me? He had like, way more just... rushing than passing for sure. Oh I, my God. And I do want to get three quick points to you, Ali. Give me some feedback. Did you expect the drop off? Let's not call it a drop-off. I, I feel bad calling it a drop-off, but let's call it what it is. Statistically, Emmanuel Ogba, Jalen Phillips, I feel like they've disappeared this season. Has that what been the same look on yours? On? I don't know if it's, you know, the, the lack of Coach Flores being there. What happened? Like, I was just looking at that, too. I was looking at X during the game, and I'm looking at Ogba, and I'm like, I'm not seeing any fire, you know? Right. Like, what is going – like, you know all the days when, like, we had Cam Wake and he was, like, Ooh. hyping everybody up and he's mm. getting the – I'm not seeing any of that from this defense. I, I don't right. know. Cam I think they're so feeling much. defeated. They must be experiencing some challenges internally right. that, you know, we can't see. But there's definitely not the fire and, like, the hype that there was. But, I mean, maybe – us as the fans, you know, we can bring it back, right? <laughs> I always believe I can do something. <laughs> yeah, and, and the excuses that I've been giving them, I don't know if you agree with this or not, the excuses that I've been giving this defense is it was much easier when you're playing defense and you have Xavier and Howard, you have Byron Jones on the opposite side, then you have Brandon and Javon Holland in the backfield. Now you know that you have way more time to get to that quarterback. And the excuse that I've been saying is not having Byron Jones out there and having to rely on Cater Kuhu, by the way, he's done a fantastic job, so no knock to him. But to be on Byron Jones' level, we're missing that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a valid ex – I hate to say an excuse, but do you think that's a valid reason on why maybe we're not being as effective getting to the quarterback because now the quarterback has way more time – or, sorry, he, he's, he has the ability to get rid of that ball much faster because the windows are open. I don't think that that's a valid excuse. I just okay. think, you know – because we have such playmakers, there's no reason right. why they should be affected at all by the absence of one player. You know what I mean? So I, like I don't, I just don't see like, I don't know, like the, the Agba of days past and, you know, I'm not seeing the productivity with him. I'm not, I'm, I'm with you. Listen, I, know I, what the issue is. I, I, I have to battle with Danny. Now, Danny, the floor is yours now. But that's no, but be before I take the floor, I had a question. Do you guys agree with me? Because I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. Sure. Xavier and Howard has fallen off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened because I thought he was one of the best corners in the league the last couple of years. And this year he's had a really rough go. Uh, is I, it because I, he doesn't have Byron Jones on the other side? It could be. But I also think that he's – and Omar Kelly got – Omar Kelly, but we won't get into that. But Omar Kelly also said he also thought that X was playing with an injury as he's done before. And this season, it's probably affecting him even more. 
I don't know if that's the case because think about it. He's not on the injury report. And when he was, he actually got pulled from a game and then he was out the very next week, um, which I, if I'm not mistaken, Denny, that was against your Jets. Um, but I, I personally think he's not playing to X level because of maybe a nagging injury. But but who knows? But, sir, the floor is yours. This topic, I know you love bashing on our defense. So it, it's your turn. No, no, no I'm not going to bash on it because at home you guys seem to play better defense. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what the deal is. Because when you're on the road, people run up and down the field on you. When you're at home, you guys, like you said, bend but don't break. You give up 90 plays to the Buffalo Bills, but you still manage to win the game somehow. So as long as you're playing at home, I guess you're okay. But I think that that's a very uh, dangerous game to play. For sure. Because trying to outscore teams, although you guys have the offense to do it technically, once the playoffs begin, you start playing against better defenses more consistently. Right, you, you're unless you win the division, you're gonna be on the road, and you guys have your defense has looked like crap on the road. So I, I think that road games, a good defense, a good special teams, and a good running game, those are the things that travel. Those three things basically play well, whether it's home or away. And your special teams, your kicker, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's missed <laughs> like four kicks already this year. So yeah. your special teams is questionable, even though you guys got that that pump block for a touchdown. But your special teams is questionable. Your defense on the road, questionable. And your running game, it's definitely not as strong as your passing game. So I think that, to me at least, unless the defense starts stepping it up on the road throughout this year, I would be worried if I was you guys. Because, again, once the playoffs start, if you're playing road games, you need that defense to step up a bit because you're going to have a hard time outscoring some teams in the playoffs. And I agree with you. Um, Can we continue our winning ways with the defense play? I don't think we can. Like Ali said, Lord forbid that we lose one of our key players like Tua, Tyreek, or Jalen Waddle out of this offense where now all the concentration could go towards Tyreek and now he can't be as effective because he's being double and triple teamed and they're zoning him out of the game. We could potentially see some losses down the road if we don't tighten that up. Mm-hmm. And and to that point real quick, you have the Browns, which have a, a decent defense, not a great defense, and then the Texans. But after that, you guys have the Niners, the Chargers, the Bills, the Packers, which are bleh, the Patriots, and then the Jets. Like the the schedule toughens up after the next two weeks. So your defense really got to figure it out. Bradley Chubb has to earn that new contract he got. I'm not sure why you guys gave it to him so quickly, but he has to earn his money now because he's going to be a key component. Because Xavier Howard starts playing better once the password starts getting to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep, hundred percent. And you know what? We're going to preview now Browns week. And Danny, it's a great time to. The reason I segue from the from the defense into this one is because Nick Chubb is on that Browns offense and he's been a problem all season, no matter who he plays against, Mm -hmm. but somebody we also know close to home, Jacoby Brissett's coming back to Miami (laughs) alley. Yeah. And with, with previewing this Browns game and we'll get into picking him later. Do you feel as confident? Again, we just talked about this defense. We know that we can put up points offensively, but Nick Chuck could have, could have a field day. Are you worried at all about this Browns game coming into this week? You know, I am worried about it because seeing how we couldn't contain the quarterback running, are we going to be able to contain a decent running back? <laughs> like, it's one of the, of course. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the defense, you know, with the struggles, it, it is weighing heavily on me. But I don't think that um, Jacoby Brissett is going to be very successful against us. So that's the one comfort that I have. For sure. I, I, I thought Deshaun like Watson was supposed to be back by now. 
I'm 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 all for not, him not being back, but he he's scheduled. <laughs> well, I'm okay with him not being in the league, but I'm just saying I thought he was right. supposed to be back. His legal <laughs> troubles continue, so right. you know I think it's just gonna lengthen the the absence. Yeah, I, I I've read and I think I sent you a snapshot, Danny, that it looks like he'll probably be back for the last four to five games of the season. Um, I don't know if that happens. You never know. Something could derail that, and then he's probably done for this year. Um, but ultimately, Danny, give me your two cents, Nick Chubb. We, we've talked about it. Jacoby probably isn't going to be a problem this weekend, but that O-line and Nick Chubb, again, 841 yards rushing already this season. I get that ESPN has us heavily favored at 60%, but this guy's a problem. He is, and again, the Jets have a good defense. He ran up and down the field on the Jets. He got, I want to say he only got almost 200 yards. He had like two touchdowns. The only reason the Jets won the game is because he was a bonehead, and instead of dropping down before getting into the end zone, he got into the end zone, and we got the ball back and the whole onside kick and all that other fun stuff. But the Browns are a good team, and Jacoby Brissett is a game manager that uses his legs. He's not going to look like Justin Fields did against you guys, but he could scramble for a couple first downs. So you guys got to keep an eye on him also. Like I said, Bradley Chubb has to earn his money. I like it. Listen – we're only a three-point-and-a-half favorite. I, I am not worried about Jacoby Brissett in the aspect of, like you said, run, him running on us. But he's got some special people to throw the ball to. He's got Amari Cooper out there. And Peoples-Jones is another solid wide receiver that a lot of people aren't paying attention to. But he also gets open. So if Xavier Howard ha- even has a potential off game f- covering Amari Cooper, it could be a problem this game. So do I feel super confident about this game? No, I, I I talked to you about it a few weeks ago that a lot of people on Twitter, Ali, and I don't know how closely you follow the predictions of people dropping on Twitter, but apparently we're winning every single game and we should win every single game. They're like <laughs> these next few weeks are, but they're, they're a bunch of gimme games. And I tend not to go that route. I say that except for the Jets playing Buffalo, I said they had 0% chance to beat the Buffalo Bills and boy, was I wrong. And Danny made me pay for that on social media. <laughs> but I, I think none of these games are gimme games. And I don't think the Browns is a gimme game. Do I think our defense will play better at home? Yep. Do I think that uh, Jacoby won't run on us? For sure. But I think he has the potential of lighting up this defense. And I don't mean to the level of like three, four touchdowns, but he can get the ball down the field. And if all he has to do is turn around at the 10-yard line and hand it off to Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb could get into that end zone and be a problem. Yeah, right. You know, and – you know, I, I do think I, I take a little bit of comfort knowing that we are at home, you know, and like you said, like our defense is playing better at home and, you know, hopefully with Chubb, you know, getting a little bit of more practice with the team this this week that, you know, maybe we will have a pass rush and they will have to rely completely on Chubb. And that's I mean, so be it. But what can right. we do? And like you said, like there's no gimme games. This is the NFL and like any, you know, Sunday, especially with the way the season started. Like I, I normally I, I do like a pick em league every season and I was like eliminated after week three. I'm like, <laughs> what? There's just so many crazy games going on, like wild outcomes. And you just sure. never know any given Sunday. So, you know, we always have to keep our guard up no matter what. <laughs> Before we pick this game, I want to get your thought on one final thing that has absolutely nothing to do with either of these either not this game potentially and we'll find out tomorrow um josh allen may miss a few games Mm -hmm. and that literally opens the gates like i always thought that the bills were going to win the division and eventually go on into the playoffs and then we were going to be in the playoffs where we were seated 
that didn't matter. But I figured we'd make the playoffs this season. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Danny said, I, I saw 10 to 13 wins. And he was like, Jesus, he didn't believe it. But ultimately, I think we're 13 getting 13 is a lot of wins, man. 13. That's what I was saying, too. I was saying 13 and 4. And I'm, you know what? I'm still sticking to it because we are still on pace to do guys, it. You, you guys are both crazy. <laughs> do you do you think with the potential of Josh Allen missing a few games, do you think it's a race to first place between us, Bills, and the Jets now if they have to lose yeah. games with Josh Allen? Yeah, and like let's remember too, the Patriots aren't that far behind us either. This is one crazy. Game. Like I, I'm, I will be completely honest. I did not see the Jets being as successful going into this season. They were not on my radar at all. They were you know? <laughs> So you know, I mean, props to you guys. I'm, I'm you know, I'm happy for you, I guess. But mm. like, it's one of those things where you ain't um, gotta fake it. You don't gotta fake it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, you know, but. <laughs> It is, it is shocking, you know, and it, it's anybody's, anybody's, you know, division, anybody's playoff spot right now. And it's going to be tricky. And of course, that's what happened to us, right? Like when right. we're playing half decent and now we have to like rely on, you know, other teams to lose. So it, it, it sucks. We don't control our own fate. <laughs> well, in all fairness, last year, we were in a position that we controlled our own fate in back to back weeks and we did yeah. not take advantage. We but don't do well there. <laughs> that's either near or there, but Ash. I mean, Ali, it's definitely time to go ahead and pick this game. But before before it goes, aren't you happy that that happened? Because Brian Flores would probably still be here if that didn't happen. If you make <laughs> oh, the that's, playoffs, that's true. Brian Flores is You're still right. here. That's true. You know what? I'm glad we didn't make the playoffs. I'm glad there we didn't make the playoffs. All right. All right. All right. All right. I appreciate that. Before we get to Ali, Danny, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with you. Give me your mm-hmm. pickums for this game. Is it gonna be the Browns? Is it gonna be the Dolphins? Uh, up until now, I think I've only predicted one game incorrectly, and it's when I thought that you guys would beat the Vikings. Yeah. Hmm. Other than that, I've been on the money, and I don't see you guys beating the Browns. Ooh. I think I think the Browns' defense will find a way to keep you guys in relative check. I think Nick Chubb is going to do just enough to take a lead, and I, I honestly think that the, the Browns get this dub. There's a reason why you guys are only a three-point favorite at home. If you look at the – I'm sorry to go too long, but the Browns' schedule, there's only one game that they've lost by more than three points. Like, they've been in every game because of their defense, because of their running game, and because of the game manager, Jacoby Brissett. And with that recipe, like I said, defense, special team, and running games, those travel on the road. And that's what they have. So I think that they're going to pull one off this year. What's the final I'm score? Sorry, this week. What's the final score? Final score. Uh 2017. 20, wow, he's giving us a whole 17. Ali, I, I leave it up to you, Senorita. How do no, you- no, no. Wait. Before we get to Ali, let's uh-huh. be clear. I've been saying this all year. For some reason, your offense is explosive, but the same way you guys bend but don't break, you also get close but don't get in the end zone. It finally happened against the Bears, but before that, you guys just don't the Lions points game? for some reason. What about the Lions game, sir? The last two weeks, then? Yeah, well, before those two games, we're putting it we together. Gotta bring backs into this. Listen, I told you for a long period of time that once the offense clicks in everybody's minds and everybody's repetitions, and they get there, it was gonna start looking good. It's looked for the, good for the past week. So the fact that you're saying 17 points is pretty disrespectful. But Ali, I'm coming <laughs> to you. I want you to pick this game. But what you got going on for this week? You will never hear me say the Dolphins are not gonna lose or not gonna win. So. We're taking this one 24 to 21. I do not think uh, that the Browns have a shot against us. I'm sorry. I just, that's, 
I got it written down on my little paper since the beginning. This is a win. I'm sticking with it. I think we're going to find a way to bring the pass rush. I think the defense is going to show us that they're making improvements. And you know what? Cheetah, Waddle, they're going to be all over the end zone right in front of my seat. I'm going to be pulling them in all day, 24-21. I like it. I like it. I'm going to clip this and play it back next week. (laughs) She yeah, said, no chance. Let's go. <laughs> she said, no chance. I'm you not scared. <laughs> no chance didn't work for me last week. I hope it doesn't come back and bite you in the ass because he definitely made me pay for it. But <laughs> by the way, first of all, they're going to be running into my seats because I'm right there behind the end zone. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. they jump into my lap. But mm-hmm. listen, it, it's a bad thing. And hopefully this week, because that Vikings game, by the way, I was surrounded by a sea of purple. I don't know how yeah. bad it was in your section. I looked over. I did see, you know, obviously the cluster bad. of fans that you guys come with. But Jesus Christ, so many people clapping skull in my ears all game. It yeah. was terrible. But let's talk about this game. Danny, here's what I see this game. The mm-hmm. fact that you gave 17, so disrespectful. <laughs> I personally think that our offense is going to kickstart this game in the aspect that we're just going to go down the field and score. And now they're going to have to play catch up. And I think mm-hmm. we're going to come back on the field and we're going to score again. And now they're playing from behind. I think that we put up a quick 21 to 24 points on this team, making the Browns one-dimensional where not running the block and killing time is going to be the their turn because to keep Nick Chubb as a person that can't affect you, you got to put points on the board where they can't just rely on handing it off to Nick Chubb. If you make that offense one-dimensional and have to rely on Jacoby Brissett to win you the game, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. And I see us winning this game 28 28- 20 and the Dolphins come out of Hard Rock Stadium with a dub and Tua stays undefeated and Tua stays undefeated Tua is going to stay undefeated because you guys got a soft schedule coming up but no I, I do think that, uh, that, that I think that the Browns are going to take it this week and like I said I need to get it it's Sunday it, it could happen maybe you mm-hmm. guys still win I'm, I'm, I can't imagine how obnoxious you guys are going to be if you guys win again but <laughs> I, I do think that the Browns are going to win um, I, I, I I guess. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> well, listen, Ali. Oh, I, I had a quick question. I'm oh, sorry, sorry to cut Go you ahead. off. You said you wanted them to jump into your lap. Mm-hmm. What's up with your stadium that they have to jump over a couch before they get to your lap? Oh, I'm going to let don't I'm get gonna, me started. No, no I'm going to let Ali take that one because first of all, she's been a season ticket. Holder. I think long Ali, I've been a season ticket holder since 2015. Easy. I mean, not easily, but making my way down to row one. First, how long have you been a season ticket holder? And give me your thoughts on those love seats in the front. So I've been coming to games since like 2008 or so. Um, But I've actually only been a season ticket holder for two years. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I was buying the tickets, you know, game to game because I had, you know, I had a job that I I couldn't come to every game. So I would make like maybe six home games a year um, before the last two years where I've been to every home game. So um, I didn't want to get season tickets because I don't want to have to sell them every, you know, every right. I couldn't go. Um, but yeah, like it's, I, <laughs> I was spending so much money on tickets, like 300, $350 a seat every time I would come to a game. And so eventually sure. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Um, but yeah, what were we talking about after the that? Love seat. The, the, the love seats. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> do not get me started on this. Okay. This is like a topic that I despise when yep. I look down below me and I see these couches, you know, and they're like a thousand dollars a seat and they're sitting empty. And yeah. if you look across the, to the home side, where we have the 72 on the 50 yard line yeah. where the 72 club is, 
and you see those empty couches too. It is so frustrating because that is such prime real estate to the home team to have a situation where the average person cannot even afford to sit there. For sure. That is appalling to me. And I'm, I I have spoken on this so many times and I really just think at this point, the dolphins need to do something about that. And I don't know how much money they take in, you know, maybe they only have to sell every other seat, you know, to make it worth it. But I think they are doing the home fans a disservice with that, with that setup. I'm I'm in total, I'm in total agreement with you. Um, When I was, Again, back in 2015, before those love seats even got put into place, um, eventually I got moved up to row one during COVID season, and I was still living in Tampa at that point. So, you know, I said, you know, by by next year we'll worry about that. And I remember when my rep called me and she goes, "Yeah, for the whole season it's like fifty thousand. I was like, fifty thousand to sit in those? No, 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 not not at all. And if I if I won. The Powerball, maybe then I'd probably say, yeah, I'm going to buy the whole row. Me and Dolphreak and the rest of the gang could just take <laughs> up all these seats down here and I'll buy those. But yeah, I'm with you. I think out of principle, you shouldn't buy those seats and just protest them. For sure. Buy, this, I, buy them and just leave them empty. No, yeah, I don't, I don't know who's buying those. I don't know who's buying those seats. I don't know if, you know, it's corporations that, you know, use them, you know, in business deals. I don't know yeah, who actually, I, I don't know anyone who sits there because Neither let's just face it, like, we're regular people like we have to work, you know, and everything. So it is frustrating. And, and to be like where I sit is the deep end and I'm row two um, and to not be able to like embrace the players, you know, sure. when they come, like, like you can do at Lambeau field or like, we don't have that, that option is just not, Everywhere. it's not an option at all for us. Why? Like, why not? Listen, all I know is that you're really good friends with Mr. Garfinkel. I think you should just have that one-on-one conversation with him already. Hey, listen, like with the fan of the year, I don't know like what kind of conversations I can have, but have. I assume, you know, I'm hoping at some point I can, you know, that talk should be to like, him about my grievances. That should be question one. Let's get rid of those seats. <laughs> Dude, trust me. It's on the top of the list already. And like, yeah, I'm frustrated that the deep end is where it is. You know, it didn't always yeah. used to be there. We're in like the sun and it's hot and it's corner end zone seats. Like it's not the greatest. And you know, I almost died in the Bills game, by the way. <laughs> the I, Bills I, game was the hottest game died. I've ever been to. Like EMTs yeah. helped me out of the stadium. Because oh, my God. Because I got dehydrated. Yeah. Literally, I kid you not. But before wow. we let you go, I, I want to do something. And Danny doesn't know I was going to do this, but I figured who better than not to promote the episode, but promote this giveaway. November 27th, we play the Houston Texans at home. Mm-hmm. Section 130, row one, seats 17 and 18 are mine. I want to give them away. Oh, wow. I, I want to give them away, not just to obviously a Dolphin fan, obviously a, obviously a Dolphin fan, but not just any Dolphin fan. I want to give them away, and I'll, I'll let you, by all means, take take the lead on this. Um, somebody who's never been to a Dolphin game, maybe somebody who hasn't been able to bring their kid to a Dolphin game, if that matches anybody you know, put them in touch with me, and I want to give them those tickets to go to the game. I, I will be on a cruise to Mexico for a whole week, so I'm going to be missing that game, but I don't want to sell them and then have some Texans fans in my seat. So mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on Twitter. And by all means, you w- you know way more people on Twitter than I do. If anybody matches that description, I want to give them those tickets and I want them to come to the game and enjoy a Dolphins game and a Dolphins victory. Oh, that's sweet of you. Yeah, I will definitely help promote any way I can. I don't, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but 
I mean, not, I know these people not, are we'll, out we'll here. We'll think of another way. If not, we'll think yeah. of another way. We'll, we'll do a promotion towards your cancer fund challenge. And, you know, if you, it will put them all in a wheel like Big E did. I won his Eagles tickets yeah. uh, when he ran the promotion earlier this year. Though, by the way, great side. If you... If I could afford sideline passes next year, I'm doing sideline passes next year. That yes. was a great experience. It's so much fun. I I had a guy who gave me sideline passes for the preseason, and it was so cool. It like was. it was, it's a whole new experience down there. Well, I, it must I be don't, nice to live in the same city as the team that you root for. Don't don't hate. You could root for the Dolphins, but you choose not to. I I, I live two hours away, so it's not That's an true. easy thing for me either. Uh, but <laughs> I, I live twenty drive. hours away. <laughs> Dude, I've been there. Like, listen, I, like I said, Pennsylvania. We only came down once a year, but it was like. The highlight of my life when we did that's, come. Is that that's not the reason that you moved down here, is it? That's awesome. Yeah, that and the weather. I mean, I I oh, always okay, loved Florida, but I I always just wanted to be more involved with the with the team. I wanted season tickets, and my poor husband, he didn't want to go at all. And I'm like, I'm Mr. Goodman, this. we're doing this. Mr. Goodman. <laughs> Listen, I love the fact that he's a. Uh, Dolph Freaky Security. I, I mm-hmm. love that about Jared. And Jared's an awesome man. He um, puts up with a lot. Trust me. Like, he's not a football fan. You know, he does. I was going to ask, he, is he a Dolphins fan? He's just not a, he's not a fan of football at all. Yeah. And, like, he makes so many sacrifices so that I can, you know, do all of this. And you That's know, awesome. Right he's now, like, we're man. sacrificing time together so that I can podcast. And, you know, he knows <laughs> during football season that this is, how it is and so we always joke oh i'll see you in february but you know now he's <laughs> he's coming to the games with me and you know we're doing it together so yeah, he's That's been awesome. my my number one support so it's awesome no shout out to jared he is big people he's he's an amazing human being yeah. especially <laughs> not just for for everything he does for you but the fact that he joins you and all the other things that you're involved in he helps the yes. charity work he's out there helping hurricane relief anything that to help people out he's also doing the same but big ups to that listen you said it. Highlight of of my year has been now being able to get Biggie, get three hundred five Sports Babe, and get you on the show. Thank you so much. You have no much. You don't. You have no idea how much it means to me to have you on the show and to talk football and to talk Dolphins. Um, it is absolutely the, my pleasure. Anytime. By the way, I I have a surprise for you. I can't tell you right now, but let's just say Santa listened, and I'll and I'll leave you out on that. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 10 of the Batter Fins Fan Podcast. If you're not following her already, you're probably not a Dolphin fan, but make sure you follow my girl, Dolph Freaky, on all social media platforms. That is the Batter Jets fan, Danny G, and I am the Bearded Fanatic. We'll catch you at Hard Rock Stadium this Sunday with a victory over the Cleveland Browns. See y'all. Thank you, guys. Fins up. I think you guys are going to lose. <laughs>